You're listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we firmly believe food should fuel your life, not restrict it. Each week, one of our registered dietitian nutritionists will motivate and educate you with accurate and reliable nutrition information to help you achieve your health goals using food. Whether you struggle with yo-yo dieting, weight loss, portion control, or simply just understanding the right eating patterns to get real, lasting results, you're in the right place. I'm Dietitian Kate, nutrition expert, ex-cardio bunny turned barbell junkie, and your host for today's episode. Are you ready to dive in? Welcome back to another episode of Nutrition Awareness Podcast. This is a special Pregnancy edition, so we've got a mama-to-be in the building. It's Megan. Announcement, announcement. If you have not heard, you Megan's I mean, Yeah, if you're not following us on Instagram, first of all, what First of doing? all, what is going on? Pause this podcast right now. The best content. <laughs> the best content on the interwebs, including your pregnancy announcement. So if pregnancy nutrition is an interest of yours, which I'm kind of assuming if you have found this podcast and you're listening to it, then keep up with our Instagram because I'm sure you'll be on there talking about all the baby nutrition. Mm-hmm. It's like all that's in my head right now. So sorry if you are not interested. <laughs> it's at nutrition.awareness on Instagram, by the way. Yep. All right. So you are 18 weeks pregnant. Yep. 18 weeks as of tomorrow. How's it feel? Um, if you had asked me this question, let's say six weeks ago, I would have a very different answer. Right now, I'm, like, living life, smiling, life is good. Six weeks ago, I was barely (laughs) getting by (laughs) my day-to-day life. So, very different answer throughout the weeks of this whole experience, I would say. I have noticed you are in a really good mood today. (laughs) I have a question for you. Okay. When you wrote that note on the person's car who parked (laughs) in our parking spot... And you said, don't park here. Was that when you were six weeks? Which, by the way, I'm pretty sure that's someone in the office next door, like, that now is probably, like, <laughs> you biatch. Whatever. Yeah. Okay, so anyways, we have, in our office, we have, like, assigned parking spots, and someone kept parking in our spot, and I wrote them a pretty nice note, but basically said, like, you're gonna get towed if you keep parking in this spot, because they were in our spot every single day, day after day. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember how I was feeling that day, but I felt like this is an injustice <laughs> that I have to park on the street. It is. It's annoying. <laughs> I, I mean, if you've been to our office, you know. Uh, it's funny because I was sitting here with the door open and the woman who works in the little office next to ours, she stopped by and she's like talking about our, our parking situation. And she goes, did Megan tell you about how she wrote that note? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I knew. I was really, I was happy she did that. And she's like, I couldn't believe that Megan did that. I was like, Megan really must be pregnant. <laughs> Bringing out my um, injustice fighting. One parking spot at a time. You're the crusader. Or a crusader. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we are on a, a food podcast, so we won't talk about your... Uh, car note writing habits, but what we do want to talk about is some of the things you've experienced diet-wise, not only personally, but the things that you professionally know as a registered dietitian. If you don't know, that's what we do. And hopefully give some insight to listeners about what a first trimester should look like and how it looked like for you. 
It's been very eye-opening for me. I've had lots of clients come in to me who have been pregnant in their first trimester and kind of asking for my advice. And people are rightly so very concerned with getting the right nutrition because you're feeding a little baby. And so at that, you know, whether they cared about it or not beforehand, it's something that they care about in that moment. And I think that my counseling style is going to very much change now that I've been through that whole experience, which also just kind of takes me back to it's not just about having the license that we talk about our clients. We talk about this to our clients all the time. It's about kind of going through those experiences and being able to help clients in a way that's not just like, hey, look, I'm a dietitian. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think this will definitely help me in my practice to help with um, people in their first trimester. But that being said, I could not control what I was eating during the first trimester, meaning like my body told me what I was going to eat. I would say after about week seven was when that started. So I could not meal prep and say, hey, like this is I'm going to eat this chicken power bowl for lunches this week. Absolutely not. My body would say, no, we're not eating that. We are eating grilled cheese today. (laughs) And that was what I had to go eat. So there would be one specific food that my body would be okay with eating and only eating it in that instance, eating it once and then done. And then I didn't want it anymore after that, which is super inconvenient. I was going to say, (laughs) I feel overwhelmed hearing that because what do you even buy when you go to the grocery store? I couldn't. I couldn't shop ahead of time. So it was convenient being here because we have the fresh market right next to our office. So I wouldn't pack a lunch and I would just kind of wait and see what am I hungry for. And then that one day I sent you that picture. <laughs> yes. Like, well, this is what happened at fresh market. I went in to buy like one thing and I just laid out on the desk. I had a wrap, I had hummus, I had pretzels, I had cookies, I had just like all of these different things and I wanted to take a bite of every single thing and then just close it and that was my lunch that day. I think you also told me you're like, I thought about buying a whole rotisserie chicken, but I didn't want to stick at <laughs> oh, the yeah. office. That same day I wanted to get the rotisserie chicken and bring it in and have a couple bites of that as well. I was also very tempted during my first trimester to buy an entire ice cream cake several times I saw them in the freezer section and they said happy birthday on them and I was just (laughs) like this would be so sad if I bought this for myself and it's not my birthday (laughs) no one has to know so I didn't I didn't end up buying that but I will say that has completely shifted now um for the past three weeks or so I'm now able to eat like a normal person, which is so opposite of what you're told. You're told during the first trimester, you don't need any extra calories. Mm -hmm. Like they say, you don't, you need zero extra calories. The baby's so small, like you're fine. I was so hungry, like ravenous and not just, I need to eat a snack every two hours. Like I need a full chimichanga every two hours to keep me full or else I feel nauseous. And I think it's I think it's weird that now you're supposed to have an extra 300 calories per day during your second trimester, and I am less hungry than I am on a normal basis now. I can eat a yogurt for lunch, and I'm full, and I'm fine, and then I have to kind of, like, remind myself to eat or remind myself to get a snack. So it's the exact opposite, 
But I think um, what I have to reiterate for myself and I think for clients in the future is that your body is letting you know Mm -hmm. what you need. Mm -hmm. And so during that first trimester, what I didn't really think about so much before it happened was my body was forming an entire organ, (laughs) like forming a placenta. So it's not just about like, oh, the baby is a centimeter long. It shouldn't need any nutrients. Like your body has to need more nutrients during that time or more calories or more food during that time. And so I just kind of allowed myself to listen to those cues without really getting up in arms about like, oh, I'm not eating tons of fruits and vegetables Mm -hmm. or anything like that. As long as you make sure you take your prenatal vitamin, I think you're going to be okay. I think the main thing is try to make sure that you're healthy beforehand Mm -hmm. so you don't have to worry about making up for it during pregnancy. You know, it is so interesting how you said, like, when we go through our dietetics practice and we learn all of the curriculum and we learn what people should be eating when they're pregnant, you're not supposed to gain weight or feel hungry or increase your total energy intake during that first trimester. I think sometimes, I know for me, just with anything I've ever learned in dietetic school, it's, we see these things on paper and we believe them to be truths 100%, but -hmm. then that sometimes can mask us from actually listening to our body, like you said, and Mm -hmm. doing what we actually need. And we can't treat those things like they are black and white truths and that there's something wrong with you if you are hungry or if you're gaining weight in your first trimester. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think a lot of times, not to throw doctors under the bus, but sometimes doctors might just look at a number or look at a change and just kind of base it off of what they've learned in school. And I know dietitians and really anybody can do that and almost shame people for mm-hmm. how they're eating or how their body's changing mm-hmm. during pregnancy because it doesn't follow this exact line. Yeah. And I've I've looked at all the charts in terms of how much weight am I supposed to mm-hmm. be gaining and what a, should I have gained by this week? And what I recognized that was true for me was a lot of people don't gain any weight in the first trimester and then they start gaining in the second And for me, I gained more weight in that first trimester, and now it's kind of leveled off a little bit. So I'm still in that right zone where I'm supposed to be for, like, my week of pregnancy, but it just didn't happen like the textbooks say that it's going to happen. Well, can you imagine if you were experiencing this and you were like, okay, I'm so hungry, I can't stop eating, I need these full meals all the time, and then you went in for a doctor checkup and they're like, oh, you've gained more weight than you should have in your first trimester, I feel for a lot of people that might make them want to stop eating and then Mm -hmm. feel like there's something wrong with them or that they're bad for wanting to, you know, eat higher calorie foods that aren't full of fruits and vegetables, like you said, and then they just have that disconnect with their body and it can almost fuel any kind of unhealthy relationships with food. Yeah, one thing that I was thinking too is like, what would be a reason behind why my body was so hungry? And I've heard different different things, and I haven't looked at the science of this at all, so I'll say that ahead of time, but I know that there, that your body takes on extra fat during pregnancy in order to be able to feed your body or feed your baby once it gets here. So if you happen to be in a famine, you could still feed your baby based off of the fat that you have accumulated over time. So, so yes, like you gain fat in your thighs, you gain fat in your butt, and it's not just from eating extra calories. It's because that's a function of survival for pregnancy to keep your body alive. And so one thing that I was thinking is maybe for women who don't have a lot of body fat when they get pregnant, 
during that first trimester, maybe their body is trying to make up for that Mm. and make sure that they have enough body fat and they're getting those signals that like, hey, we need to ramp this up here so that we can take care of this baby afterwards. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I was talking to another girl, my neighbor actually, and she was telling me she experienced the same thing and she's like super super mom super fit and so i was thinking the same thing like maybe her body was signaling her you need to put more fat on so we can carry this child safely and then once you have that once you've accumulated that maybe it can relax a little bit more the body is so smart it's always looking out for you it is (laughs) right i mean that's what i get from that it's like whoa okay first of all the fact that you can grow human life is crazy on its own but but like the fact that your body can recognize beyond the fact that oh i need this to happen i need to change shape in this way it's just like kind of mind-blowing yeah (laughs) and i mean the thing like with coffee so almost day one after figuring out that i was pregnant i didn't like coffee the thought of it the smell of it made me nauseous And I just thought that was absolutely insane that my body is now sending me this signal that no, this is a substance that we should not be having right Mm. now. And that happens to so many women that they're all of a sudden just turned off from coffee that they're used to drinking every day. And I remember before I got pregnant, like thinking about if I get pregnant, how am I going to get through my days without like having coffee, like when I'm feeling tired and I don't have that caffeine to go to when I need it. And it just it wasn't even on my radar anymore. It wasn't something I thought about even as an option through at least the, the whole first trimester. I would say maybe in the last um, week or two, it started to sound good to me. I've had a couple decaf coffees, but it's funny because the studies show like during that first trimester is when you really don't want to have a lot of caffeine, it increases your risk for miscarriage and then you're kind of a little bit more in the clear over your second trimester that's something I think I've been a little bit more strict about than most people because most doctors will tell you that a cup of coffee a day is absolutely fine I think from my perspective I think well if I'm having caffeine and caffeine has an effect on me which I'm very sensitive to caffeine that's going to have to have some kind of effect mm-hmm. on this baby. Like, yeah. it's crossing that barrier in some way. And so that's something I've been a little bit more strict on and not not really done any caffeine. And I've just done, like, decaf teas and herbal teas and stuff like that. Right. I mean, it's a stimulant. It is. And it's a little baby fetus doesn't need a stimulant. <laughs> right. And that's, yeah, that's kind of, like, where my brain is with that. And I'm not trying to knock, like, anybody who has drank coffee during their pregnancy, like, this is kind of my start of like not mom judging. <laughs> like I never want to make you feel bad about what you're doing, but I just think as a personal decision, that's something that I've decided to be a little more strict with where there are some things I've been a lot more lenient with that you may be like, oh my God, Megan, you're an idiot. Why are you doing that? What kinds of things have you been a little bit more lax about? Eating runny eggs for sure. I mean, I that was something that was I really wanted every single morning and I mm. craved it and I ate it and I didn't feel bad about it and I mean <laughs> I think like so defiant knowing I, didn't a lot, feel I, I think knowing a lot about food almost enables me to kind of make those decisions a little bit smarter because I think a lot of people are told like don't eat lunch meat don't eat anything that's raw or uncooked or runny eggs or anything like that and so they just follow those exact recommendations or 
don't have more than one cup of coffee per day, so they follow that recommendation, they have one cup of coffee per day, but they don't really look into, like, the why Mm -hmm. behind it, and so, like, I looked into the why behind it for the caffeine, I didn't really feel comfortable doing that. In terms of eggs, I know it's the risk of salmonella. I also know that one out of 20,000 eggs has (laughs) salmonella. I know I'm not going to eat 20,000 eggs. I also know that it's a risk, but I've never heard of anybody in ever in time getting salmonella from eggs. Never. The the other the other part of it too is if you get pasteurized eggs, which we can get now, um, that kills the salmonella. So yeah, you can get pasteurized eggs and eat your runny eggs if you want to. You're such a don't risk say taker. you take that from me, but because like, <laughs> your doctor is gonna be like, no, absolutely not. But um, but that's something I've been more lenient about. I've definitely cheated on the um, the cheeses and the meats that you're not supposed to eat. Like, I've had prosciutto on a pizza a couple times and things <gasps> like that. <laughs> and not really worried about that. Again, like, I've really never heard of anyone actually getting listeria <laughs> from lunch meat. I know my immune system is compromised and it's probably not worth the risk at all. But, yeah, like you said, I'm not a risk-adverse person. So I had some prosciutto. <laughs> She's having runny eggs and prosciutto. <laughs> Somebody call the pregnancy police. I will say the other day I had a craving for an Italian sub. And obviously that's an absolute no-no. Like you cannot have deli meat, especially an Italian sub <laughs> with all that red meat and terrible processed whatever. Nitrites. Yes. So I went to Stasio's Deli in town, which is an Italian place. I was like, I'm going straight to the source. (laughs) (laughs) So I went in and they have this fancy one that's like soprasetta, prosciutto, capicola, and like not the like ham and salami kind of thing. And so I went in and I was like, hey, I'm like, this is a cold sandwich, right? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, but can you heat it up? And he's kind of explaining to me like, the meats and how they're supposed to be served and all these things like he very much like respected that they're supposed to be cold and so I looked at him and I was like listen (laughs) I'm pregnant and I really want an Italian sub right now can you heat it up for me and he's like oh my gosh yes yes like (laughs) absolutely like we will absolutely do that for you and they did it and they they toasted it and it was 100% amazing and I did not regret a second of it (laughs) so one of my favorite things about your entire pregnancy besides the fact that you know you're having a a baby (laughs) has been hearing about all the cravings that you've had Uh and you've had some really weird ones it's there is nothing like the experience of being pregnant having an exact craving and then fulfilling that exact (laughs) craving like there is nothing like it and there's been many times that this has happened and I'm eating that food and I say to myself or I say to Will I'm like I recognize the reason why I think this tastes so good right now is because of that. Like, I recognize this is not the end-all, be-all, most amazing food in the world, but right now it really, really is. Like, I can't describe it. I know that it's just, like, a fast food burger, but this is exactly what I wanted, and this is amazing. And the, the onion is so crispy, and the mustard is just right, and it's like, any other time or day, I'd be like, this is just a crappy fast food burger but (laughs) when your body's telling you I need this and then you have it there's nothing like that feeling (laughs) you're making me want to not that I want to get pregnant (laughs) 
but it's it sounds really nice. Yeah. It's like you think there's good things yeah. out there. It almost sounds better than making the baby. <laughs> you just described it. And I will say, it wasn't a crappy fast food burger. It was from Portillo's, which is, if anyone's in the Chicago area, you know about this. But it's a, a famous... It's kind of like the... The ch- yeah, everyone in the South is obsessed with Chick-fil-A. It's like everyone in Illinois or the Chicago area is obsessed with Portillo's. And they actually have, like, really good food. Okay. It's not like... It wasn't a crappy burger. It was delicious. Will you quickly tell your egg roll story? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, so, it was one... It was, like, a Tuesday night or something very random. And I hadn't eaten in a couple hours. And my brain just kept saying egg rolls <laughs> to me. And I do not enjoy egg rolls. It's not something I've ever been excited about eating. It's not something I've ever ordered. It's not something I'm like, oh, can't wait to go get those egg rolls. But my brain was like egg rolls. I couldn't (laughs) stop thinking about them. And it was pouring, pouring down rain, having like a big summer storm here in Florida. And I jumped in my car at seven o'clock and went to a Chinese takeout place and I ordered egg rolls. (laughs) I took my egg rolls home and I ate them and they were delicious and I, like, told my dad about the situation because that was one of my first real cravings where I was like, I have to have this. And he just thought it was so funny. <laughs> I thought and it was hilarious, <laughs> too. The next day, he's like, are you going to have more egg rolls? And I was like, oh, my God, never say that word <laughs> to me ever again. Just the thought of them made my mouth water, and I didn't even ever want to think about an egg roll ever again in my entire life. <laughs> so weird. So, yeah, now I don't care if I ever, ever have egg rolls. You had that one-time egg roll. It could never be – you know what? You had the egg roll experience experience and now it can never be beaten because guess, you don't have the craving yeah. for it this legendary pregnancy craving that I want to experience <laughs> there's so many things in my house still left over from those first trimester cravings that I have now and I open my pantry and I look in there and I'm like I will n- I'll never eat that like why is that in crispix cereal <laughs> Um, Lara bars were a big thing. I don't know why. Like, the carrot cake Lara bars I was really liking. Um, beef jerky. (laughs) So there's all this stuff in there that I'm like, yeah, I'll probably never touch this now that I feel normal. (laughs) Give it to clients. Hey, guys. Lara bars for everyone. You want my, uh, half-eaten crispy? (laughs) Well, not that. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Somebody might say yes. You know, um, some people had asked you questions on Instagram because we posted about it. Mm -hmm. First, I want to ask you one about prenatal vitamins. Okay. So, who should be taking a prenatal vitamin, and do you have any tips on what to be looking out for? Honestly, like, if you're at an age or a place in your life where you think you may get pregnant or you're not on birth control, like, you should probably be taking a prenatal vitamin. And that's just because it has the extra folate, folic acid in it for neural tube development. That's really important. Um, so if you're taking a regular multivitamin that has that, fine, but usually the prenatal vitamins have a higher amount of it. And so that's really important. One thing I actually learned just today, so I went to Lucky's when they were closing down and they had a sale on all their supplements and I bought like four bottles of prenatals. And I bought all different brands because I'd heard some people get sick when they take certain ones and they can't stomach certain ones. So I bought all different ones that I thought all looked pretty good. And I've just been taking those different ones throughout this whole time. Well, I just opened a new bottle last week and I finally like really looked at it today. I looked at the label and there's no DHA in it, Mm. which I was like, why is this not in... To, To be called a prenatal vitamin... 
it should have to have DHA in it because it's super, super important for the baby's brain development. It's just, and think about it like it is an omega-3 in fish mm-hmm. oil is what DHA is. It's just an acid. And so I looked at that and I'm like, I cannot believe I've been taking this for a whole week and it doesn't have DHA in it. And there's nothing on the label to let you know that. And so I'm assuming there's probably a lot of other ones out there that are like that. So I immediately got on Amazon and bought a separate DHA supplement um, by Nordic Naturals, which is a really good brand of fish oil and omega-3s. And so now I have to take two things instead of just taking the one. You know what you could do is we what? got this random package from one of our dietitian um, organizations of fish oil, olive oil. It's that olive oh, oil yeah. pack. We thought it was just fish oil supplements and we opened oh, yeah. it and it's olive oil with um, EPA and DHA in it. And I think it sounds disgusting. Like, like it's an oil that you just have to drink it. Like you don't, like it's not. Oh, I thought you cooked with it. No, you can't cook with it. Oh, I didn't read it that closely. Okay, I so just saw it and no. threw it back so in the bag. I was like. you can't cook with it because if you cook with it, the heat kills oh, yeah. the nutrients in it. So you and just so, chug it? So you, yeah, you have to just open. That's why they're in that little like container like that. So no. you just open it and you have to chug it. There is something Gross. from Barleen's Omega-3 that's actually really good, but it's like this lemon, I don't want to say paste, but that's the only <laughs> word that comes but to I'm mind. Going to say paste. <laughs> I can't think of like a cream. I don't I hate the word cream. <laughs> cream. So it's like a cream that you can put on <laughs> food. Like on your body? On your, <laughs> on your okay. tongue. On your toast? I don't, okay. yeah, no, but that's where, okay, that's what I learned about it from because I was okay. at some kind of a symposium for dietitians and the guy was talking about fish oil supplements and barleens for kids uh, uh, i mean it's for okay. humans i mean not humans but adults it's for all humans it's been a long day folks but it's a paste cream thing i'm sure Norman and grits would enjoy it as well <laughs> they could and he's like you can get kids to take it because it's like a lemony custard flavor oh, and you can put it on yogurt and oatmeal or toast Oh, I've had omega-3s that are lemon flavored so that they don't have that fishy, like, mm-hmm. burp situation that usually happens after you take them. Um, but I have not had the cream. <laughs> I wouldn't invest in the cream unless you know you really like it. I'm just going to take my little capsule to go along with my vitamin. Um, I don't know if this is true for all of them, as I haven't done enough research because it's something I just found out today. But I did recognize that the... The prenatal that I was taking before this was more of a capsule form, like Mm. an omega-3 would be in a capsule versus like a hard-packed pill. Mm. And then this other one I'm taking is like a hard-packed pill. So maybe it does have to have that oily like capsule thing to have the DHA in Mm. it, which makes sense. So maybe that's one way, like a quick way of just looking to say like, is this more of a capsule that has like an oil in it or is it hard packed which maybe you can get DHA in the hard packed ones too I'm, I'm just not I don't think I've ever sure seen one yeah. that's in the hard packed so did you find a specific brand that you would recommend as far as like prenatals overall no I haven't I mean the one that I was taking before I can't even remember what the brand of it was but I just got on consumer labs and looked that's um, what I was gonna say the funny thing with the consumer labs recommendations for uh prenatals is that their kind of conclusion for everything is that there is is not a good prenatal out there no. with everything that you need, which is really sad. Uh, but the one that they recommend over any other one is called Diva. I think it's D E V A, and it's a like vegan vegetarian prenatal supplement. I'm not sure if that one has DHA in it either. I haven't looked into it. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and uh, their big emphasis was looking at the choline and the folic acid, but I don't see any in the iron. 
But I don't see anything where they're mentioning the DHA, so we can make an Instagram post about that, maybe. Yeah, sure. I'll um, update you guys on why find out about it speaking of instagram somebody on instagram had asked about fish yes so they asked you what are some safe seafood options so honestly most seafood options are going to be safe if they are cooked the thing that you're watching out for is food that's high in mercury because mercury can accumulate in the blood and harm the baby's nervous system. So um, when you think about like, how does a fish get mercury in it? It's not just like naturally there. Mercury is accumulated in their bloodstream by being a predator. So they eat a smaller fish, which has eaten a smaller fish, which has eaten a smaller fish. So these big predator fish, those are the ones that you kind of want to stay away from. That being said, if you're not a fisherman, you don't really know what swordfish looks like when it's in the water or mackerel looks like when it's in the water, you may not be aware that it is a predator fish. So maybe just kind of like having this list in your head will be helpful. But um, the ones that are likely to be higher in mercury are swordfish, king mackerel, tilefish, shark, marlin, ahi tuna, or I'm sorry, those are, yes, those are the ones that are high. Um, Ahi tuna most of the time comes raw. So probably wouldn't want to be eating that one anyways and usually that's because of possible parasites and worms Mm. and which generally again like isn't going to happen and I know there's like some trendy mom books out there that say like well everybody in Japan eats sushi all the time when they're pregnant and it's totally fine it's not a big deal and a lot of times actually farmed fish are way less likely to have those things because they're in a controlled environment versus wild caught fish which i would usually never tell you to stay away from wild caught fish but they are more likely to have like parasites and worms and those kind of things why'd you have to tell me that (laughs) which i don't i don't like sushi anyways so yeah not a problem for me that's a big one for people i remember when i used to work on the transplant units in the hospitals telling people that they should not be having sushi anymore because they were all really immunocompromised Mm -hmm. broke hearts hearts. shattered hearts they didn't care about anything else and then i would be like and you know no buffets avoid sushi they're like what yeah like hold the phone do i even want this new heart (laughs) if i can't even eat sushi (laughs) that's funny and i was like no i'll just get a california roll i don't know (laughs) (laughs) which is true there are definitely like rolls that you can get that are cooked Mm -hmm. or that just free yeah exactly so or shrimp like shrimp's another option like as long as it's cooked so if you think about like the little tiny fish like shrimp salmon haddock clams trout Go all crazy. those things like those are fine those are going to be low mercury and you know at the end of the day it's you know 40 weeks you'll be fine without sushi yeah and alcohol and caffeine right <laughs> it's like yeah alcohol is another one alcohol is another one that I, I feel like i've heard a lot of people say like yeah you can have a glass of wine like that's totally fine just one glass yeah, and here pass the crack pot or crack <laughs> pipe <laughs> just one hit out the crack pipe yeah. so it's fine too it's cool. but it's no i don't think that it's fine because you're providing alcohol to an unborn baby that has to have some effect on it yes they are not going to come out with fetal alcohol syndrome like it's not going to cause like this crazy like you're it's you're not going to cause anything crazy but at the same time like you have to be doing some kind of harm you know yeah. what you're doing to yourself when you're drinking alcohol so there has to be some effect on that teeny tiny little baby too exactly it's, i think i think so too i don't know i'm kind of the person that would always err on the side of caution when it comes to those extreme things like alcohol like alcohol or any kind of cigarette or toxic substance <laughs> that we know is bad for, an, not bad, but 
that adults don't really need to be eating right. and consuming. Like, alcohol is not doing anything good for your system. Mm-hmm. So, like, just take a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think when it comes to, like, things like lunch meat, like, you just heat it up. Just heat it up. Just heat it up. Heat your meat. <laughs> just heat your meat. <laughs> like, no reason not to heat your Is meat. everyone else no thinking what reason, I'm thinking? No reason not to heat your meat. Just heat that meat. <laughs> that could be the title of this episode if you would like it. <laughs> Heat the meat. Don't he- just heat your meat. Just heat your meat. Someone's gonna see that and be like, "Beat the meat." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who are these girls? Um, I made a very poor decision about an email subject line once. Go on. <laughs> and it said, "Are you not getting enough D?" <laughs> <laughs> Meaning vitamin D, of course. Jesus, Megan. <laughs> I had quite a few replies, all of them from dudes. Yeah, like, every single one of them. Like not one female had a reply to that. Oh my god! But... I bet their wives and girlfriends were like, "You are not going back yeah. <laughs> to this dietitian. You're not going to see her again." What they say? Were they just like, "Uh, cool title"? Basically calling, yeah, basically just calling me out. Like, did you not read that? Like, are you serious right now? <laughs> and that was probably like a blast and, email. <laughs> Yes! Yeah, it went out to every single person on our email list. Uh, <laughs> I think it's actually hilarious, to be yeah, honest. I know. You probably know. got some good, good responses. <laughs> and all the guys that replied were people that I was, like, comfortable with. It sure. wasn't anyone that, would, like, took offense or anything like that. They were just like, seriously, Megan? Not getting enough is, this, is, is this a joke? Come to nutrition awareness. <laughs> yeah. We hate your meat. What are you <laughs> Get your doing meat. there? <laughs> Anyways, this has gone downhill very yeah. yeah, you know, but throughout your pregnancy, we were talking about this, that this isn't the only pregnancy podcast that we're going to release. And we've talked about Instagram before. And if you have specific questions about pregnancy, nutrition, diet, or if there's anything you really want to hear Megan talk about, please just let us know on Instagram, yeah. like send us a, a DM or comment on a post, like whatever. Mm-hmm. We want to just put out stuff that you find interesting. I mean, we definitely talk more about experiences i think we do that a lot in our podcast just because i feel like experiences have as a much weight or value as specific quantitative numbers and plus who's listening to a podcast wanting to hear you know eat this many extra grams of protein at this week and you know it's like that's all helpful information but i think what really helps people is hearing stories and experiences and then using that to reflect on their own experiences I think that's what's helped me the most is hearing from other women that they've had similar experiences to me in the first trimester and look like their kid turned out just fine because mm-hmm. they didn't eat salads during the first trimester. <laughs> Calzones and at 3 a.m. I know, it, like, when you're in it, you feel like there's going to be no end. Like, it really felt like there was no end to it. But really, it was only, like, six to eight weeks of terribleness. <laughs> but now I'm totally back to normal and... You know, I wake up in the morning and there isn't something and I'm like, oh, I have to have this. It, I can make a good decision. Same thing with my lunches. I can prep lunches for the week. I can cook a healthy dinner and my body isn't out of control <laughs> anymore. Can I ask you one question that sure. is a little random? Have you felt any body dysmorphic thoughts about how it's changing? I know that that can be kind of startling to see your body yeah. change. The hardest part was the transition between I don't look pregnant at all um, to, okay, I'm gaining weight and my clothes don't fit, but you can't tell that I'm pregnant. Mm -hmm. That was the hardest transition. And so I want to say that was probably like weeks 
For me, uh, 10, it started maybe at weeks 9, 10 to maybe 13, I would say. Those were the hardest times because my shorts didn't fit me anymore. Like, my butt got bigger, my hips got bigger, my stomach got bigger. Like, it all got bigger and those little Lulu shorts were not cutting it (laughs) anymore. (laughs) But you didn't see a bump either. And so, it was kind of like this, just this weird period where I didn't really feel the benefits I'll say of being pregnant whereas now like now that I have a baby bump and you can tell that I'm pregnant like now I really enjoy it Mm -hmm. and I love like putting on clothes and it's not just like oh they're tight and they don't fit it's like oh there's a baby bump there like (laughs) there's a reason why And, and I think it looks cute and I like that a lot and I'm actually really enjoying that part it was just those those weeks before that happened I think were kind of tough mentally because I had I had to just get out a um a container and put all my shorts in it because I got so sick of opening my drawer and every day being like oh I'll put these on and then I'm like those don't fit and then oh I'll put these on oh those don't fit either and it was just like every day a new pair didn't fit me so I was like nope just putting all these away and then a couple friends gave me their maternity clothes And I remember when I first tried them all on, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to be in all of these things. This is crazy. Totally in denial. And now, like right now, I'm wearing shorts that are spandex on the top. They're amazing. Oh yeah, (laughs) wear those all the time. I love them. (laughs) That sounds great. So so now that I've made that transition into like either maternity clothes or I've gotten some bigger size shorts and things like that, I can embrace it a lot more. So if I was giving anyone advice there, I'd be like, I do the same thing, like get rid of the stuff that's not fitting, stop looking at it, stop trying it on, <laughs> stop yeah. putting yourself through that and just embrace the new wardrobe. Yep. <laughs> yep. Just own it and know that it's sounds like it's just temporary. Just yeah. three or four weeks of kind of feeling like eh. Mm-hmm. And then you get to enjoy your baby bump and yep. show it off and yep. flaunt it. Yep. That's where I'm at. Cool. Well, I thought this was cool. I love hearing yeah. about all the foods that you're eating and I'm just excited to keep up with from the outsides with your, what your pregnancy's <laughs> like and all the things you're experiencing. Yeah, so let us know if there's anything um, in particular you want us to cover and we will definitely do that and we'll probably do another um, third trimester podcast. Sounds good. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at nutrition.awareness. We will catch you there and on the next episode. See ya. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful. For topic requests or to apply to be a featured guest, please email kate at orlandodietitian.com. Want more nutrition awareness? Check out our blog for recipes, nutrition tips and tricks, as well as product recommendations. Our website is www.orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. This has been Dietitian Kate, and until next time, keep it real and keep it healthy.